This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything A. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by the UFA Cooperative. Now open in Yorkton and Weyburn, UFA is the exclusive distributor of Diesel X Gold, premium fuel that improves power and saves you money. Also brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock, for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we have details on new crop research projects being funded by Sasquheat. We hear from Canada's food professor who discusses details in this week's budget and the impact of the carbon tax on rising food costs. Food waste, federal support for alternative grain drying and seeding forages are also issues in today's farm show. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKR and Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. The Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission has announced almost half a million dollars to four research projects today. Sask Wheat Chair Brett Halstead says the four projects are funded through the Alberta Agriculture Funding Consortium and will look at important research projects. He says these projects include efficient fertilizer application and studying herbicide resistance. He calls the project a multi-province collaborative funding effort to improve farm profitability. Yeah, it's an exciting project. Uh, it's in conjunction with um, some of the Alberta funding partners and they work with us on the Saskatchewan one in collaboration and co-funding. So it's good to work with other commissions from around the prairies and leverage the money to get even better use of producers' money prairie-wide. How important is wheat research? Oh, critical. You know, we've recently had our study that shows 33 to 1 returns on our varietal development portion of our wheat research. So it's it's very important to producers that we as a farm group keep putting the money in and the investment into the future of wheat. Now I see some of the projects are, there's four key projects here. One of them is, of course, looking at the interactions of nitrogen fertilizer, and that's, of course, quite important in the growing of any crop. Yeah, and we're hearing it more and more all the time, too. Government's putting the focus on sustainability and questioning fertilizer. And, of course, we know the importance of fertilizer as farmers and the fact that we just plain and simply need it. But if we can do anything better through research with fertilizer, it's an expensive input. So why not try and be as efficient as we can with it? And some of those things come from at the farm with uh, the new things you do, but also through research. I see Saskweed has committed over $6.5 million to 56 projects through the uh, research projects program since 2016. Yeah, again, a lot of these are co-funded too, so it leverages producers' money, but that's just our share of the money. So it's very important that we work on all these projects and work with other organizations on them. That's Sasquatch Chair Brett Halstead. A huge win for Canadian farmers yesterday is the bill to make them exempt from the carbon tax when propane and natural gas are used for things like drying grain and heating barns passed third reading in the House of Commons yesterday. Tory MP and agriculture critic John Barlow is ecstatic. He spoke with reporter Cheryl Brooks. 
This is a monumental game changer for, for farm families across the country. This is going to help them, you know, be much more economically sustainable, a huge cost savings. But obviously every Canadian is going to benefit from this as farmers are saving money. This will trickle down hopefully through the supply chain and, and help Canadians at the grocery store shelves as well. I know that we've talked about this in the past. How much money were most farmers looking at paying just this year and then eventually by the year 2030 if the carbon tax were to continue? The carbon tax was tripled in 2030. We know from the Canada Food Price Index that the average 5,000-acre farm will be paying $150,000 a year in carbon taxes alone. I don't know any farmers that have an additional $150,000 and just lying under the mattress. This will really test the economic sustainability of Canadian farm families. Uh, this is unsustainable. And again, uh, every Canadian pays for that. This will increase the cost of bread, pasta, vegetables, you know, every commodity in the grocery store shelves. So by this step, which, you know, exempts the carbon tax from from natural gas and propane, which is important when you're you're drying grain or heating and cooling barns. This helps us be competitive, but also helps farm families with their everyday costs that they're facing. How, I guess, optimistic are you that it's going to get royal assent in the Senate? We're, we are really optimistic, and we're optimistic because we had the support of all of the opposition parties. The NDP, the Bloc, even the Greens understand how important uh, agriculture is to Canada's economy, but they also understand how important affordable food is for Canadians. So it really disappointing that the Liberals voted against this, including the Minister of Agriculture, who obviously is tone deaf to what Canadian farmers are facing, input costs. But I, I believe we, we will get this through the Senate with, with minimal uh, obstruction. It's just a matter of how quickly we can get it through. But certainly we are hopeful we will have this given royal assent before we rise this spring. That's Tory agriculture critic John Barlow. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Spalley on 620 CKRM. Canada's food professor has some concerns about the food rebate outlined for GST payments in this week's federal budget. Sylvain Charlebois was asked if the few hundred dollars will help address the food issues facing those who are struggling to pay their bills. No, no, not at all. Uh, it is it is a cute name for an enhanced GST rebate program. Uh, when you look at uh, what's, what food inflation is doing to uh, a typical family in Canada, a typical family will probably spend a little more than a thousand bucks on food this year. So $467 will help. But, but uh, the issue is that food inflation is, is going to be a lingering problem. Uh, this is a one-time payment. That's one, one concern that I have. The other concern is that as soon as you have government spending way more money in, in the economy, you could create a problem called inflation. So you may actually, that $2.5 billion, it's not much. It's not going to help deal with inflation at all. So this program could actually make things worse for everyone while helping uh, allegedly 11 million people. Charlebois' interest on the federal debt is a concern as families are hit by higher and higher interest rates. He sees limited fiscal prudence. He outlined some interesting details for agriculture in the budget. This is how a, a geek would find stuff in the budget that nobody else is talking about. Because uh, I actually literally read the whole thing. And uh, there was, uh, there was a, uh, a, a paragraph um, about dairy research. Uh, so they're allocating $333 million to support dairy research to find new products. Well, that's, 
that's code for baby formula and milk dumping and things like that. They're not writing it, but I think because milk dumping is a problem in Canada. They don't, dairy farmers don't want to talk about it, but it is a problem. And uh, we have a baby formula shortage in Canada. So my guess is that they are looking at avenues to repurpose uh, some uh, some on farm waste and see whether or not we can develop new new products uh, domestically. Charlebois says Eastern farmers, farmers in Eastern Canada who bought high tariff Russian fertilizer last spring, will not get their money back, but some of the funding will be used for further research, according to the budget. Charlebois also raises concern about the rising carbon tax impact on food prices. I, I think a lot of economists actually have uh, their head in the sand. They, I don't think they actually understand. They, they've, they've pointed me to some research which would show how the carbon tax will impact uh, our lives over the next little while. Uh, I've seen some good studies on heating, transportation, but nothing on food and food affordability over time. I've yet to see a, a, a strong study looking at how a carbon tax of $170 a metric ton by 2030 will impact food affordability and food distribution in Canada. I haven't seen anything really. Um, and so that's, that's it. We need to, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying that the carbon tax is a bad idea. Uh, I'm just saying if we are to go in that direction, we need to know exactly how this is impacting uh, our agri-food sector uh, in addition to the fact that in America they do not have a carbon tax and we import for almost $30 billion worth of food from the United States. Charlebois also spoke about biofuels. And by the way, in the budget, there's there was some recognition of carbon capture and sequestration, which is a big key issue in, in, in Saskatchewan. And so there, for the first time, I saw a budget recognizing somewhat that that carbon capture and sequestration is actually are 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 desirable things for agri food. And so there 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 is an amount of money for that. I can't remember the amount. I think it's five hundred and twenty million. I think uh, so. That's that's good. And of course, uh, biofuels. That's another good idea. I mean. You can actually have more uh, more uh, farmers growing for biofuels because my guess is that we're going to be uh, looking at a declining world population uh, by 2050. A lot of people say we're going to we're going to exceed nine billion, ten billion. I don't think so. We need to figure out new ways to occupy. Uh, our land, uh, how do we use farmland, and uh, I don't think it needs to be just about food. Canada's food professor, Sylvain Charlebois, is at University of Dalhousie and formerly the University of Regina. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. We have a new farm feature, AgriView, with Doug Falconer of GX94, brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Slamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. As the rally in canola on ice futures continued yesterday, an analyst stressed it's not when this upswing ends, but where. David Derwin of PI Financial in Winnipeg spoke of when canola prices were falling and they broke through that psychological barrier of $800 per metric ton on their way down. Derwin says that would be a natural place for the prices to migrate back to. 
The current upswing in canola has largely been due to speculative funds looking to get out of enormous short positions they've built. He says this is a good time for farmers to take advantage of canola prices and not to be complacent, and that farmers should add additional hedges and make more new crop physical sales. Legislative amendments that would exempt farmers' eligible purchases of natural gas and propane from federal carbon pricing are now en route to Canada's Senate. Bill C-234, a private member's bill, passed third reading for adoption in the House of Commons yesterday by a vote of 176 to 146. The bill, introduced in February last year, amends the Federal Greenhouse Gas Pollution Pricing Act to extend the carbon price exemption for farmers' eligible fuel purchases to also include purchases of marketable natural gas and propane. The bill also expands the allowed uses of exempted fuels to include grain drying systems as well as heating or cooling of farm structures directly involved in livestock or crop production, such as barns or greenhouses. With Easter less than two weeks away, an Easter egg in the federal government's 2023 budget calls for a new pilot program to again provide prairie grain shippers with extended interswitching. A non-financial line item in that envelope calls for the government to introduce amendments to the Canada Transportation Act for a temporary extension on a pilot basis of the interswitching limit in the Prairie Provinces to strengthen rail competition. Interswitching rules commit one rail carrier to pick up cars from a shipper, then deliver them to another railway for the line haul. Federal rules generally allow grain elevators and other shippers to use interswitching for up to a 30-kilometer radius. Expanding that maximum radius would support competition among rail carriers by enabling rail companies to access tracks owned by another rail provider within the limit under rates regulated by the Canadian Transportation Agency. Six farmers from southeast Missouri find themselves at odds with Bayer Crop Science after allegedly saving and subsequently planting soybean seed that contained the company's Roundup Ready 2 Extend technology. Bayer also alleges that four of the six growers illegally applied dicamba formulations not approved for over-the-top or OTT use on Extend soybeans and did so after the June 30th cutoff date for OTT dicamba application set by the EPA and the state of Missouri. In complaints filed in late January with the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Missouri in St. Louis, Bayer claimed that Boothiel Farmers' alleged actions infringe upon its patents and breach the terms of contracts and technology stewardship agreements that the farmers signed. The company seeks damages and a permanent injunction against the farmers to prevent future infringements on patented technologies. Cargill says it will take a further step back from the Russian market by stopping handling Russian grain from its export terminal from July, although its shipping unit will continue to carry grain from Russian ports. Most international grain traders have stopped new investment in Russia since last year, following Moscow's full-scale invasion of Ukraine, but continued exporting Russian wheat. In addition, grain trader Viterra, part owned by Switzerland-based mining and trading giant Glencore, is planning to stop grain trading in Russia as well. A spokesperson for Viterra declined to comment, 
but said a statement would be issued at a later stage. Viterra and Cargill are among the largest exporters of Russian wheat. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your agri-weather forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy today, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high today, minus 2, and we've reached that number. The low is minus 11. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, wind south 20, the high minus 3 on Friday, with a low minus 7. Saturday, sunny, with a high plus 2, the low minus 4. Sunday, periods of snow, with a high minus 1, the low minus 9. Monday, cloudy, the high minus 5, the low minus 11. Tuesday, partly cloudy, with a high minus 3, the low minus 10. Wednesday, sunny with a high of plus 1. Normal high is 7 degrees. The normal low is minus 6. The sun rose at 6.40 this morning. It sets at 7.27 tonight. And currently, round the province, the hot spot, Maple Creek, again today at plus 4. The cold spots, up north, Stony Rapids, at minus 13. Estevan is minus 7. Saskatoon, minus 2. Swift Current, minus 3. Weyburn, minus 9. Yorkton is minus 5. Regina cloudy and minus 2, that's 28 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the east at 12. Humidity is 62%. The barometer falling, 101.5. Cloudy and Moose Jaw minus 5. Winds are from the east-northeast at 8. Once again, Regina partly cloudy. It's minus 2, that's 28 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. When cattle are severely stressed just before slaughter, there is an increased risk that ribeye will remain a dark red instead of blooming to a bright red color. This is known as dark cutting. Dr. Reynold Bergen is the science director with the Beef Cattle Research Council. Extremely dark beef isn't visually appealing to consumers and it has a shorter shelf life. And so Canada's grading system assigns these carcasses to a B4 grade. So letter B, number four, a B4 grade, to keep this beef out of retail stores. Only 1.25% of youthful fed slaughter ended up in the B4 grade in 2021, but the losses are still significant. Dark cutting primarily affects the ribeye. The other muscles in the carcass, like those in the, the front quarter or the outside round in the hind quarter, may look perfectly normal, a, a bright red color. But because that B4 grade is assigned to the whole carcass, and because retailers won't sell any fresh B4 beef, there aren't many opportunities to add value to those unaffected beef cuts, even though they're still bright red. Dark cutters also tend to occur sporadically. And that makes it hard for a packer 
to find a buyer for a handful of those carcasses each day or, or each week. And so because of this, Packers discount beef for dark cutting carcasses by around $300 a piece. And those discounts added up to $10 million across the Canadian industry in 2016-17. The situation is handled differently in the United States, where there is no stand-alone grade. Instead, they simply drop the quality grade by one score. And so a dark-cutting carcass with prime marbling gets downgraded to a choice grade, and a dark-cutting choice carcass is downgraded to a select grade, and so on. Now, the retailers can still specify that they don't want dark-cutting beef in their orders, but the unaffected muscles from those carcasses would still be eligible for retail because some of those muscles are still bright red. Now, we could do the same thing in Canada by downgrading the dark-cutting Canada Prime carcass to, to AAA or a dark-cutting AAA to AA or a dark-cutting AA to single A. Dr. Reynold Bergen is the Beef Cattle Research Council's Science Director. His comments come from an article he wrote for the March 2023 issue of Canadian Cattlemen Magazine. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Even with rising inflation, Canadians still throw out quite a bit of food. Joanne Gauci with the National Zero Waste Council says it works out to about $1,300 a year for the average Canadian household. What we estimate is that in Canada, 63% of the food that we're throwing away at home is actually edible. So that's not the eggshells or the banana peels. That's the leftovers that didn't look so good on the second day or the moldy bread that sat too long. And that's equivalent to four and a half meals per week, just to give you a sense of that. So it's quite compelling when you look at the numbers. Gauchi stresses the need to purposely plan when concentrating on what leftovers you can tolerate. She suggests cook once, eat twice is a great way to save money and time to avoid throwing out food. The federal government has announced support for 45 new projects for more efficient grain drying technology on the farm. The latest support amounts to $22 million, bringing the total to 99 grain dryer projects at a cost of more than $37 million. For example, Geertz Farms, a 26,000-acre family farm near Kamsack, is receiving up to $2 million. The federal funds will be used to install a new grain dryer and biomass boiler powered by locally sourced wood waste. As a result, the use of propane at Geertz Farms will be in the drying process of grain will be eliminated completely. Researchers at the University of Saskatchewan along with those at Iowa State University are testing hormone levels in the hair of pigs in the hope of identifying genetic lines that are less affected by stress and more resilient in warding off disease. The levels of three stress hormones, including cortisol, are being measured. Dr. Jack Deckers with Iowa State University's Department of Animal Science is the study lead. He says initial results are promising. One of the things we look at is how heritable are the things we measure, because that's what breeding companies are interested in. If a particular thing you're measuring isn't heritable, isn't affected by genetics, then it's no use for them. And we find that the level of cortisol in hair is quite heritable. Genetics and environment effects both play a role in pig stress levels. Here's the market updates with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. 
Market update brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. And also brought to you by Sask Pork. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading. Canola rose 860 at 77402. One red spring wheat fell 40 cents at 396.80. The rest were unchanged. Durham 454.71. Feed barley 362.58. Chickpeas 1058.22. Flax 526.98. Lentils 768.50. Oats 215.32. Yellow peas 416.95. And feed wheat 289.56. It's the Livestock Reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. Cattlemen, Junior for Heartland Livestock Service of Yorkton with your market report for the week of March 29th. Nice running offer this week for 2341. The pre-sort, 419,000 bulls for a total of 2760. On the feeder market, it was trending lower on the 550s and under and higher on the heavier cattle. Here are a few highlights of this week's sale. Buckskin steers, 650 weights at 321, 710 at 295, and your 790 weight buckskins at 275. On the red X steers, 645 at 321, 711 at 293, and 858 weights at 269. On the block steers, 640 weights at 318.50, 705 at 293.50, and the 791 weights at 273. Couple sets of one owner steers, block steers, 827 at 279, 712 weights at 295. On the heifer trade, they are climbing weekly. Buckskin heifers, 650s at 280, 714s at 268, 785s at 246. On the block heifers, 635 pounds at 266.50, 710 weights at 266, 789 pound block heifers at 240. On the red X heifers, 650 pounds at 276, 710 weights at 270 and 775 at 241. On the cow and bull trade, the cows are under pressure this week with 307 cows averaging $1.14. E1 is 116 to 126, sales to 128. D2 is 110 to 115. Your D3 is 98 to 105. Your light Shelly cows, 86 to 90. And your half rats, $1.35 to 160. 38 big bulls this week average $1.42. Producers pre-sort sale next week, which is a two-day sort. On the Easter week, it will be a one-day sort, sorting only on Tuesday, April 11th. Please call in to get your cattle booked. Once again, this is Junior for HLS Yorkton. Thank you, and have a great day. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, $191.44 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. And Mazenk Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazenk, 306-721-6667. For the first time in over 50 years of mining, Nutrien mined a production wing at its Lanigan mine with no people present. The Lanigan mine used cutting-edge tele-remote technology, allowing operators to use the mining machine from a remote location, removing them from the active mining area completely. This enables a step change in Nutrien's operating strategies. The potash industry has seen some serious injuries when operators are working on an active mining face. The breakthrough tele-remote technology is seen as an innovative solution to help improve operational and safety processes in underground mining. Nutrien operates six potash mines in Saskatchewan. 
On the markets, the TSX is up 53 points at 19,891. The Dow has fallen 3 points at 32,715. Oil is up a dollar 8 at 74.05 a barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at 73.90 cents US. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of the broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news, on your voice for everything ag, 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.